live streaming is on. Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Beyond Bitcoin Show. Today is April the 25th, 2020. Strong hand. Unconfiscatable. Bitcoin is next. Bitcoin fitting in is overrated. Personal responsibility is a new counterculture. Deferral gratification. Conviction. Golden age. Yes, it is a golden age. All right. Strive for greatness. Hello, my elite friends. How you doing late on a Saturday night here in Los Angeles? You have to check out this week in Bitcoin Friday show. It was the alpha male version. Alex Svetsky, JW Weatherman, John Vallis. He made his debut. Every one of those guys is not scared to go outside and just participate in normal activities, which some people are just scared of breathing in air these days. If you want a vo the voice of common sense, then check out This Week in Bitcoin. It is linked to below. Follow me on Twitter, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T, disruptmeister.com. Uh, you can see these videos, et cetera, et cetera. So Carl Benninger's market ticker, uh, forum, which I linked to below his articles, their comments beneath them sometimes. And one of them was about uh, it, the, the quote from one of them was learned helplessness on a national level. And I changed it to learned helplessness on a global level. And that really sums up the situation on the planet today. Learned helplessness. People are uh, there have been, been horrible experiments uh, over time. I'm not going to get into them where people have been uh, uh, <laughs> taught to, to fear. Okay. And that's, uh, that's what we're experiencing on, on a global level right here. People are learning how to be help, totally helpless and uh, dependent on the government. For me, it's pretty easy to ignore this and not, not pay attention to it, the hysteria. But most people are uh, falling into the trance and are becoming more more helpless. And it's it's amazing in, in this time of so many resources, so much knowledge out there where uh, anyone can take personal responsibility over their lives, but people are becoming more and more helpless. Personal responsibility is new counterculture. Pound that like button. Now, the government... <laughs> they, one of the reasons they're able to get away with this is because people feel so helpless. They, they feel like, oh, I can't change anything. But what I saw on the beaches of California, and I didn't go to the beach today. I'm in the middle of LA. I would have to take a bus out there. And uh, I haven't been to the, I haven't been to a beach in LA since, well, no, I, when I went down the Long Beach, I, I was actually at one in, in February. But okay, that's a little different. I, I haven't on my own. I haven't gone to a, a beach in uh, the Los Angeles since uh, 2014, actually. But the point of me bringing this up is that uh, I, I have two links below. Thousands of Californians flocked to the open beaches despite Governor Newsom's pleas to stay home. He's begging people to stay home. But it, it, it's been hot the last two days here. I think it got up. It was over 90 both days. Uh, Friday, it, it was 96. Uh, so, of course, people want to go to the beaches. I noticed more car traffic today. I assume people driving to the beaches. Well, there are pictures below, uh, linked to below, I think video below even, of it, it looked crowded at those beaches. And all of these tattletale snitches saying, oh, they're going to kill people. No, they're not. What, what's the worst that can happen if a perfectly, uh, if a young, healthy person goes to the beach with a bunch of young, uh, healthy people? And then one person, and then some of them get the virus and never know they even got the virus and spread it to more young, healthy people that are out. Again, if you're scared and you're unhealthy, then you shouldn't be out, <laughs> I guess. But uh, so far, it, uh, the, the, uh, the death rate is, is very low uh, for healthy people. It's incredibly, incredibly low. But what, what we're finding out now through the antibody test, and I've discussed this for a very long time now, that most people who get it, uh, I mean, it... it, it there's a chance that like 15% of the country has already had it. And just most people just don't know they had it because most people get sniffles. Uh, you know, when, when people at a nursing home, they, they're more prone uh, to have uh, reactions and they die. But are you of nursing home quality? Are, are most people of nursing home quality? No. 
So they're not a bunch of people that should be at nursing homes that went to the beach in LA today. They're regular uh, people out there, personal responsibility. They know the risks. It was great to see them out there and you can't stop. The government can't stop a bunch of people. Okay. They can maybe stop one or two people, but you got the governor begging people not to do it because he knows he can't stop them. He can't in, the, in America, you can't 40,000 people were at the beach. You, you can't stop that. So people acted as individuals. They're like, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm going to the beach. And so they weren't helpless. And I, I congratulate them. They were defiant as I have been defiant. I've gone out every single day. I mean, there are people tweet people there. I saw a tweet where someone said they went running and then someone tried to shame the guy for running in LA. Absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of running in LA without my mask uh, on. Of course, no mask here, baby. I, and I'm walking. And today I walked. I'm going to tell you what happened to me today uh, when I walked uh, north on La Brea, north of, of Santa Monica Boulevard. But anyway, Governor Newsom could not or any governor can't bring in uh, the National Guard to stop people from going to the beach uh, because they know the optics would be horrific and they would no longer be legitimate at all. I mean, and in many people's eyes, the, the government isn't legitimate and, and, and good for them. Good for them. Uh, I, I don't put the government on a pedestal, but we're going to go. We're going to get into in this tweet some some ladies out there. They, I mean, they're looking for a man, so the government is their man, and they they really, ooh, they put it on a pedestal. They listen. They they want a they want a powerful government. They can't they have no personal responsibility? They need their man, government, to take care of them. All right, and there's a lot of men that need another man to talk, take care of them. It's not just a woman thing either. Learn helplessness. All right, you're you're doing great, people. So uh, let me, yeah, I said, I fully support these people going to the beach. It is not a crime. Be defiant in these times of manufactured hysteria. And so uh, also pictures taken in Huntington Beach on Friday show crowd enjoying as the state roasted in the spring heat wave. Up to 40,000 people are said to have headed to Newport Beach Friday Many of those pictures Friday did not appear to be keeping their six feet apart. Oh, my God. In line with social distancing guidelines and few were in face coverings. Good for them. Defiance over compliance. Do politicians ever admit uh, they were wrong? No, they don't. So that's why they keep on moving the goalpost. OK, uh, and they're never going to admit they're wrong. So uh, they were wrong. <laughs> they were dead wrong. OK. Uh, that no, no hospital in, in most of the country, no, not even a, a peep of anywhere close to hospitals being overloaded. Uh, they were screaming about uh, flatten the curve, flatten the curve. The, the, it got flattened and now, and it flattened naturally on its own. And now they've moved on to, so they moved the goalposts and like a, even one life, it's not worth it. We have to keep uh, these restrictions on you. Okay, you power hungry monsters. It's, it's not working anymore. The protests are out there. And uh, people, I mean, going to the beach, that was just beautiful, beautiful seeing that. Now, if this was so serious of a situation, I've said this so many times, why do the politicians and uh, news outlets use this just as a political tool, as a political tool? Uh, they're, they're misquoting Trump over the bleach thing. I mean, it's, it's propaganda and lies. I mean, who cares? If this was so important, who cares what Trump said about bleach? Seriously. You can't make your own decisions. You can't tell what's real and what's a joke and what he really said to do. And do you do, do you just blindly follow what the president says anyway? Are you supposed to, but if Newsom was president, are we supposed to blindly follow him? I mean, that's what's being implied here. Or if uh, Cuomo was president or Barack Obama, I mean, are, uh, so I, I just, I'm not even going to get into it. It's just every day the media picks up on the weakest of things that like, and misquotes the leaders they don't want so that their leaders can be, I guess, put into power. Or I don't, I mean, so, but this is all over. I suppose a deadly virus. It's not a deadly, no, it's not. It's not, if this was some end of the world thing where you could drop dead, they would make, be making a joke out of the whole thing. And, uh, but I will say this, Trump is weak in that he wants to fit in too much. And perhaps part of the reason they love to pick on Trump Every everything every time he speaks, they find some ridiculous aspect of it to just pump out there is because he does care what other people think about him. He cares way too much about what people think about him uh, a lot. And uh, so here's a quote. When Trump mentions a truth, 
He is bludgeoned until he has to back off. Yesterday, it was warmer temperatures and fresh air. Prior uh, to it, it was HCQ. The beat goes on. Uh, and that was from uh, Carl Denninger's uh, forum, actually, that quote. And, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a great point. He'll say truths, uh, but then he'll, he'll back off because he wants to fit in. He's scared he's going to lose election. He doesn't. He doesn't like certain. I mean, he doesn't like CNN and a lot of outlets. But at the same time, he can only take so much of them making him look like a complete buffoon. And what he should do is just say, you know, sc- screw them totally. I'm going to keep on doing it. They're not invited to my press conferences then or so. I mean, he can do a lot. He can do a lot of different things. He should just be, he should have more conviction. He should really have more conviction and be on the side of this is a joke and everyone should get back to work. That's my advice. Uh, states that go back to work, I'm with you. But Georgia said they were going back to work and he was uh, wishy-washy with Georgia. And that's weak. And that's, that's, that's weak, man. So, uh, and, and there's some people that just blindly love him for whatever he says, but there's some people who lose respect for him uh, over uh, issues like this. And then they don't, when he does bring up a truth, they're less likely to believe this truth. All right. Don't put him on a pedestal, people. Uh, it's, hey, he could, he could garner more respect if he actually had conviction. All right. Uh, now, so these governors out there, I mean, even the ones that are saying go back to work, you could go back to work on the 30th or on the 1st or whatever. They don't have any like rational reasons. They don't have any like, okay, the reason we're picking this date is because by this date, uh, X people will have contracted the disease or, I mean, give us some real goals here, especially the ones who, who are saying, you know, we don't know when we're going to go back to work. We don't know. I don't know when we're going to be less authoritarian. That's they're just going on emotions like one life. If we can save one life, no, that's not a legitimate measurement right there. Give us some legitimate measurements, legitimate goals, legitimate dates. Okay. Um, and it's just, I mean, because the, their reasoning is why, why should barbers not be open now, but they should be open on May 30th. What is the reason? What is your logic behind? There is no logic behind. There is no logic. There's no logic behind any of this because if they were logical, they would see that everyone is going to get this thing. It's not very serious. The it, the most the, the people most at risk are people in nursing homes. It's mostly a nursing home diseases disease. They could logically say, "Hey, nursing homes, here are some guidance. Here you can do it. If you don't want to do it, you're going to die." Type type of thing. And we're going to get herd immunity. Everyone's going to you know live their lives. Some people feel sicker than others. But this is just something we deal with in life. We've dealt with other uh, viruses over time. We'll, we'll deal with other ones in the future. It is not deadly for healthy people. So th- that's logic right there. But of course, they're not they're not being rational or logic in any of these p- su- supposed plans that they have. They're not giving reasons for the dates and for the, the, the places that are allowed to open and the ones that aren't. Open. That's why everyone should just say, screw it. I'm opening my business. I'm going to the beach. They can't, st- they really can't stop that. They really, and I do from, from, from what I hear anecdotally and from what I see, it does seem like more people are open. Now, again, this is why like the mayor of New York and the mayor of LA are saying, here's a phone number you can call to stitch on people. You know, they, in order to carry out, to, to extend this, a government can't pull this off on their own. They have to have snitches. That's the way the Nazis did it. That's the way the communists did it. And that's the way this can be carried out too. So don't be a snitch. Definitely do not be a snitch. That's why they're begging for snitchers now because they know that it's the narrative is falling apart and it doesn't, and even if it's only 20 percenters that it's falling apart, if 20% of the people didn't follow these rules anymore, like, like today at the beach, it, it would be over very fast. I mean, they, they couldn't hold it back again. They're not going to call the national guard out uh, to, sh- to shut down bi- businesses. All right. Or shut down the beach. Pound that like button. Two students at at the University of Miami and one at Drexel University have initiated lawsuits against their colleges uh, over not decreasing tuition costs for virtual classes due to the virus. The concerns come after the closing of college campuses around the country and the switch to an online learning education system. That's linked to below. I mean, I can see why they feel ripped off. You pay $30,000 
and you're just you're getting something that people get for free online usually i mean it, part of the fun of college i have said this before is the camaraderie of making friends of partying uh, clubs women drinking i mean <laughs> all sorts of, and, and again, i don't advise on doing those things but when you're young you're young and being at your mom's house taking classes that's not thirty thousand dollars worth there okay I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's two hundred dollars worth. I mean, if you and they're not, you're not getting as good of an education either. You can't like chill with the uh, professor or any of the teachers' assistants or anything like that. It, it, it's not the same thing. There's a there's a difference between and so you pay money for the one on one stuff. College of the there's going to be right now. There's free stuff you can take online, and if you you know pay attention closely and you, you're real, you have conviction, you can learn a lot from it. But you're not going to have that one-on-one -on -one, uh, situation that all of us who, who went to university experienced, and it, it can be quite fun. So it's a ripoff if you're still if you're not getting a discount, and at this point, and so they're suing. So that's an interesting point. Um, by the way, people are revealing much more than they realize, but what they by what they wear on the streets these days. Okay. Um, when I see someone with a mask, I, I can tell a lot about them, that they're they're a government simp and uh, they'll follow the leader and that they're scared type. I mean, if, if someone was bad out there, if someone was a mugger, who are they going to mug? They're, are they going to mug the guy without the mask or the guy with the mask? Who do you think? They're going to they're going to they're going to go for the guy with the mask on because that person is scared and they know that person will do will be compliant when they pull out their fake gun. And say, you know, give me all your money. They'll give them all their money. So it, it's bad, right? You know, this mask, who's wearing the mask, who's not wearing the mask, it's, it, it can tell a lot. You can tell a lot by, by the situation that's out there that people are revealing uh, by what they wear. Okay. And uh, again, from the, the market ticker forum, someone said, actually, I've struck up quite a few interesting conversations with my maskless, maskless brothers. I wouldn't normally have. The mask marked the kind of people uh, I wouldn't want to talk to. So on the other side of thing, if you see a guy with a ma without a mask in a situation where a lot of guys have masks and you start talking to him, you're going to see he's got a lot of common with you and you can start talking about like issues that like we talk about beyond Bitcoin. I mean, you should be willing to talk about that with anyone. But I mean, most likely if you strike up a conversation like the conversation I'm having with you right now with some mask wearer, they're going to go like uh, get hysterical on you and run away or cry like the guy on CNN. Oh, we'll talk about him in a second. Pound that like button. But you might make a new friend if you uh, start talking to a guy without a mask. Who knows? This is a time uh, to, to network. It's a, hey, I'm giving you a positive spin. You see someone without a mask on? Hey, maybe it's a future or business connection there. You never know. Tell them about Bitcoin. There you go. I just thought of that. Protest in Madison, Wisconsin was big. I linked to it below. Of course, there were people making fun of it. They're like, everyone's going to die that went there. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, so... Here is a story from ESPN. People stuck at people were st were stuck at home. Okay, so what are they going to do but watch the NFL draft on Thursday night? The first round shatters the NFL draft viewership record. So I mean, it, it's not a shock. I'm not a big NFL guy, but I got to say, people are bored at home. They want sport. They want a pastime again. Okay, they want a pastime again. And so I don't know who was advertising on the NFL draft. If they made a lot, if ESPN got their money back for paying for the NFL draft, uh, I, I, I didn't. I, I don't watch that stuff. But uh, I, I did. And I heard a summary of, of the Ravens uh, picks real quick. I mean, I, with the Ravens, the Ravens always have a good NFL draft. So I don't need to read. Like I can only like peek at it for one minute and see. Okay, that's good. They picked a, a linebacker or whatever. Right. They do a good job. But the point is this: um, these huge ratings are going to show the NBA, the NFL, especially the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball. Wait a second. These people gave a draft incredible ratings. We got to get back to work here. We got to get back to work here. We got to get our guys back on the field. So I, I'm uh, hopefully uh, – and I don't want people becoming – dependent and brainwashed and wasting all their time on NBA, NFL stuff and, and, and NHL, whatever. But there are many people who work on, in those industries and uh, those industries should be going on right now. Okay. There's, there's no excuse for people not to be playing baseball and hockey and soccer and, and basketball right now. So maybe that'll inspire the leagues that'll speed up the process. 
Now they're obviously they're scared about lawsuits. So play fanless. If you remember during the riot in Baltimore in 2015, the Orioles played the White Sox at Camden Yards completely empty. They didn't want anybody going out uh, to Camden Yards because there had just been a riot a few days uh, earlier in, in Baltimore. Yes, this is a real thing. You can uh, look it up. I know people have uh, they don't have long-term memories, uh, very bad memories, but there was a, a legitimate race riot in Baltimore in 2015, and it did get all the way down to close to Camden Yards, okay, quite close. People tried to say it was only in bad neighborhoods. It was in other neighborhoods, too. They got windows broken and stuff. Uh, I mean, the, the worst of the, the stuff, uh, like the, the, the liquor stores getting looted, um, that, that was like in bad neighborhoods. But, but still, the, the, the whole, the chaos of the whole riot was all over Baltimore City. It was uh, it, very close, got down to Camden Yards, and so they didn't want to have fans there. So it's easy to pull off. That's my point. You got a little bit of beyond Bitcoin. You got a little bit of Baltimore there for me. Uh, and another thing to remember, there are a lot of people that tried to play off the riot afterwards and say, oh, no, it won't have long-term effects on the Baltimore economy. It did. It, it, it really did. It kept people, not as many people went to Oriole games afterwards, not as many people went downtown. And rightfully so. I mean, <laughs> if people are scared of a virus, okay, you, you, you know they're going to be of a, a virus that is not that much worse than the flu for healthy people. Uh, logically, they're not going to take their kids downtown anymore after there's been a riot, when there's still a riot fresh in their head. I don't blame, I don't blame people for not wanting to go to downtown Baltimore after what they saw on TV uh, that day. Was it today, actually? It was – no, no, no. It was earlier in April. It was in early of April – Early April 2015, I believe it was. No, it might have been. It was around now. It was a, the 1968 riots in Baltimore. Look, we had <laughs> 1968 riots in Baltimore were what? What was that? April 4th, 5th, and 6th, something like that? I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's when MLK was murdered. So that, that, that those were riots all over the United States. That's why I know those dates. I, I was not around in 1968. I was around in 2015, though. Moving on. Uh, here we go. Oh. Here's something entrepreneurial during this situation. There's a, it's, it's, I don't know what they used to do. They used to be involved with medical in some way in Burbank. This, and now they can't do whatever they used to do because of the rules. So they're doing drive-through antibody tests. And they're make, there are a lot of people that want antibody tests. And I think that's good. Um, I wish, I mean, I wish more people knew about the antibody test and understood what that means. If you have anti antibodies from the virus, most likely you, you cannot get it, at least in the near term. You can't get it again. And you can you know, maybe hang out with your mom or, or, or your grandma or, or something. Now, I'm not going to give medical advice or anything like that. But the point is, it's, it's, antibody tests are much more helpful than like, are you sick right now test. So people are paying quite a, quite a lot for these type of tests. So I, I, I'm glad it's linked to below. It's in Burbank. You can you can go up there. I, I wish more people were doing this. Uh, more entrepreneurs were doing this because it would bring the cost down. And I think it is. Uh, I'd love. I, I'd be interested in getting antibody tests. I'm curious to know if I already had this thing. If I if I'm one of the many people that have no idea that they had this because they, I just got sniffles or I didn't they got anything didn't get anything. So good. You're entrepreneurial. I like people that are in motion. Since this is live right now, let me make sure uh, I forgot to say ask questions. Oh, they're questions. <laughs> Wait a second. Uh, God. We got uh, informing on your neighbors and local businesses is doing it the right way, says uh, says Barefoot Barry. And you are correct, dude. You are correct. Uh yeah, so UK Bitcoin Master says it might be manufactured, but when it's your own family. As it's hit mine, it's frightening. My wife's uh, middle daughter, age 28, was admitted yesterday, and she can't breathe. Well, that's that's. I mean, that is horrible. When it 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 it, it can hit. I mean, I don't know if she has any comorbidities. I don't know anything. Um, but yeah, it it's when bad things happen. When people get sick, it is bad, and uh, people do get sick uh, from lots of different things. They end up in the hospital. Quite often, and I don't, I don't wish any young person to end up in a hospital. But it happens; it does happen. So yes, it is scary when something like that happens to to a family. And then when the media uh, blows it out of proportion and talks about it and says 
you know, I mean, maybe maybe your 28-year-old relative will make the news. I mean, that's something they crave. They love to hear stuff like that. And they, they put it up there to make the exceptions to the rule seem like they're they're much more common than they really are. So um, it, again, like the, the articles about the baby that died or the nine-year-old that died, it's, et cetera, et cetera. It's, uh, the media never, uh, they love to, uh, is that the job of the media to focus on the, uh, on the exceptions? Now, I don't think it's the job of the media to focus on the exceptions. I think it's the job of the media to, to cover the story. The story is that uh, 90% of the people don't even know they had it or who knows what it is. That, that's the story. And if people understood the odds, the pure numbers behind it, um, there would not be this hysteria. There would not be this situation out there. Well, anyway, I do. I hope. I hope your relative uh, it gets better. Obviously, obviously, um, when it when it hits someone personally, it's it's a it's a whole new. Uh, it's definitely a whole new ball game for for that person. But it doesn't change the overall numbers, and it doesn't change that uh, people need to. We need a productive economy. We need a productive economy and we need people. People are going to uh, people are suffering from not working in, in, in many different ways here. So. Uh, all right. What's the next uh, what's next on the list of uh, topics? And we talk about the entrepreneurs, uh, the Democrats here. All right. So Joe Biden says he predicts uh, Trump will try to postpone the election. All right. First of all, a, a, a president cannot postpone the election. There would have to be some congressional approval. Read the Constitution, okay? It, 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 he can't become dictator, and, and, and it's just not that easy. Now, it just makes me wonder what Biden is thinking here. With the uh, the primary elections that, that have gone on, they've changed dates for them because of the virus. They've made some write-in. And maybe they can change the general. Maybe he wants a general election to become a write-in only election. Maybe that's what Biden is dreaming of here. I don't know. It, 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 I, I find it interesting or maybe he just wants to scare everyone and, and give them a reason to vote for Biden's Biden just again. I mean, what, what, he, he has the right to say whatever he wants to say. You know, Trump will cancel the elections. Vote for me because Trump will cancel the elections. Uh, but but at, at the same time, uh, Trump has I mean, Biden has some bad news coming out about him, about this woman. I believe in 1992. Uh, well, she says that in 1992, Biden sexually assaulted her. Uh and sexually harassed her also. And now a tape has come up out from 1992 to Larry, from Larry King, uh, the Larry King show on CNN in 1992. Uh, this woman's mother calling in saying, uh, my, I think my daughter has something to say that's important, but she doesn't about an important uh, political person, but does not know who to tell. Now it's not her saying, hey, my daughter's name is XYZ. Uh, Joe Biden uh, sexually harassed her. Who should I say? But it's uh, what I'm wondering here is who released that? Who who found that tape? Who who made this woman speak now? And a lot of people are saying it's uh, well, there's some people saying it's a Russian hoax, which is totally nonsense. There's some people saying it's Trump that's doing it. I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised at all if um it's the Democratic uh, National Committee. If, if it's some of the main Democrats that are releasing this stuff to give to force Biden to drop out because he's he is it, it's such a joke. The dude is such. I mean, he he doesn't make sense. He seems like he has dementia. And there are other people that are out, out that are acting a lot more alpha than he is. Alpha in dictatorial ways that I don't approve of, like Gavin Newsom and Cuomo. Um, but they would much rather Cuomo take Biden's place. I've said this for weeks and weeks and weeks. So maybe this is a way that some insiders, hey, this is inside insider politics. Insider party politics is a dirty, dirty game. Biden says Trump can cancel, Trump might cancel the general election. No, that's not going to happen. All right. But Democrats can change the whole way they work their convention if they want to. Democrats can cancel primary elections. Democrats can force uh, their candidates to drop out. That's that's the way it is. It, it, it's a little different. Uh, the, the Democrats are not in the Constitution. The Democratic Party is not in the Constitution. Okay, there's no. They can make up any darn rules they wanted. They are a private freaking party. And so maybe, hey, that's what's going on now. Uh, and and Joe Biden just does not want to give in. And he's who knows. I'm sure he's got some people that are attached to him that want power that don't want him to give in because if Cuomo gets the nomination. 
then they won't have power. So there, there's a circle of people around him that are obviously going to fight this tooth and nail. And that's why he's like, you know, he's trying to focus on Trump and ridic saying ridiculous things about Trump. That's that's always a winning strategy. Okay, so enough about the politics. If Georgia, Georgia has sent people back to work and, uh, or they're beginning to, and there's so many people that are so defensive about it and just, I mean, it's like they want people to die. They're like, oh, you'll see all those You'll see who's proven right in the end. All these people are going to die. People are sick. Um, and people are scared. There are govern other governors that are scared that people will wake up and quickly see that what Georgia has done is the right way to do it. And thus, this whole thing's been a darn lie the whole time that staying home hasn't made a difference. People are going to get sick that are going to get sick, okay? People, you, you can't stop the thing from spreading. You can't spread, you can't stop it from spreading. A certain percentage of people are going to get sick. If you're worried about getting sick, you don't have to go back to work. So there are a lot of people that are fearing this Georgia example and the other states that are going. I mean, the, the stuff you read on social media, you would think that these uh these governors who are quite tame are are, are mass murderers. You, you <laughs> by by saying that, oh, a person get a haircut again, they're a mass murderer. Uh, and so I encountered someone, you know, speaking about how the media influences people, someone who does not live in the state of New York, just saying how much she loves Cuomo. She loves uh, Governor Cuomo of New York, loves him, loves him. How, how did that happen? How did someone in a state that's it's not it's not New York state, it's from another state, how did this magically fall in love with Cuomo? I mean, it's... It's easy. I mean, she clearly watches CNN. So speaking of CNN, and it's so so CNN is just, it's just a propaganda channel, uh, an anti-Trump propaganda. They they, are, they use every crisis, fake and real, to attack the politicians they don't like. You don't have to watch it, and they have a, they have every right to do that. Okay, they have, if they want to run their business that way, let them run their business. I have no problem with them running their business that way. I'm just going to tell you what they're doing. They're a bunch of CUCKs. They're informants and here, and they're crybabies. So let's go. CNN's Brian Seltzer crawled. He said he crawled in bed and cried over coronavirus. Says it's okay not to be okay right now. What? I can't say the word. It starts with the P. It describes a cat. I'm not going to say the word because I don't curse, but that's what he is. Okay. That's what he is. He's a C U C K. I mean, this is normal for a grown man to say that on TV. We accept this. I mean, what, what feminized society? Unbelievable how feminized. Be a man. Be a man. I mean, that's not a man. I, I, it's okay to cry. It's okay to cry. I, I, I hid and cried in my bed, crawled in my bed and cried. And so he goes on. He went on to say that it's he's very he, he's a baby because of the the because of the politicians getting things wrong. He's not. I mean, it, it, it's it, it's political that's making him cry. That's making him hysterical. And. Uh, it's not because he was sick. He was not sick. He's not sick. He cried like a baby because of the politics behind it. It's, it's pathetic. It, it's pathetic. You could read the article if you can bear it. It's disgusting. Pound that like button. So yeah, fitting in is overrated. That's fitting in today. Saying, oh, I, I sympathize with you, Brian Seltzer, crying in your bed and encouraging other people to go cry in their beds and hide. And uh, all right. So if you say a lie enough, People are going to believe it. And, and that has been proven um, very much so in, in today's age. People, there are many people out there, many people in America that think the virus is the fault of Donald Trump. They think it's his fault, that the virus is his fault. So and so the media, they understand this totally. So they just go with – they basically say it's his fault. But they know people are weak-minded out there. They, they're naturally are scapegoaters. They're collectivists. They want to blame it on someone. They use it as a political tool. You, I don't care if you hate Donald Trump, okay? The virus is not his fault. This corrupt, did he create the Does he have the skill to create a virus? No, it's not his fault. You can't blame him for this. It's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But here we go. Rasmussen reports. This is a poll, a legitimate poll. 60% of Democrats... Blame Trump more than China for the coronavirus. Most Democrats blame President Trump, not China, for the corona, uh, coronavirus crisis the country is now experiencing. 
That's that's the world. That's where 60 percent of Democrats. Uh, so it, it's been very much politicized. They, I mean, there, there's 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 your proof right now. They're going to uh, when you get down to the politics of it all, when it's not truly life threatening, uh, people are going to make every issue a matter of getting uh, their enemy out of office. And that's that's sickening. Everything is. That's why you don't waste your time on politics. People don't waste your time on politics. Be productive. Let 60 percent of Democrats scream and cry about Trump, that he uh, brought a virus upon them. And you you buy Bitcoin. OK, <laughs> you be productive. Uh, here's something from Dan Tapiero. Speaking of Bitcoin people, uh, he's talking about the mayor of New York. Never thought I would see an ultra left wing Democrat applying fascist tactics. Health is important and we should quarantine those at risk. But reporting neighbors for non-compliance sounds too much like the philosophy of systems that Americans have fought against. So, yeah, de Blasio, de Blasio in New York said to snitch. He said to snitch. He gave a phone number where you can snitch on your neighbors. But yes, the fascist tactics indeed. For the good of the state. For the good of the state. Let me consolidate power for the good of the state. Help me, help me maintain this regime by telling on your neighbors. If you don't tell... They, they have no power at all. Uh, all right. So I've already mentioned that. I mentioned, I think, on last show that the climate change people are going to say, well, this is just a virus. Um, climate change is bigger than that. If we took these actions on a virus, then definitely we, we need to lock down the country and close businesses and you know let the government uh, take charge of everything for climate change. And here's a tweet from a guy named Barack Obama. We've all had to adapt to cope with a pandemic, climate change, climate change will f- force far harsher changes in on our kids. Okay, there he brings up the kids because you can't bring up the kids with the virus because the kids aren't affected by it. All of us should follow the young people who've led the efforts to protect to protect our planet for generations and demand more of our leaders at every level. So yeah, every every one of our leaders should turn into a little seventeen year old Greta and try to uh, shut down everything because they have no under- basic, no understanding of economics at all and should use this uh, lockdown as inspiration to uh, go fully fascist on the world. Thank you, Barack Obama. You're, you're, you're just great there. So Texas to reopen. I, uh, Greg Abbott, the, the governor, tweeted that out. As I said before, that's, that gets they're the second biggest state, second most populated state in the United States. Um, and it's, it's drawing a line in the sand. The, the southern states, the Mountain West states, uh, they'll, they'll, all, uh, they'll all reopen. Uh, th- let's see how ha- strong their hands are, uh, it, how, how strong their conviction is. Because they're real, as I said before, there's a lot of people trying to shame them, saying they're murderers. But let, let's see. I, it's good. I, 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 with te- Texas is the rock behind where other states that, that are a little fearful about uh, stating the truth. All right, so here is a, a reply, something I alluded to below. I live in New Jersey and listen to you like you were my own governor every day. Why, oh, why can't you be our President Cuomo? What a dependent little woman. But this is the mentality of many people, not just women in America. Oh, I don't live in New York, but oh, you're such a strong man telling us all what to do. Oh, I wish you were my daddy, I mean president, or... And it's the same thing for most people. So many people out there, when they vote for president, it's voting for the father they never had. Dude, I, I actually never had a father. I had a father, so I, I don't, I don't need, I don't need an idol to, to bow down to. I had a father. It's uh, that's why we have this idol worship because that partially because there's there are a lot of women just don't have men they stick with, and that's that's uh, that's sad. But then there are a lot of men that are feminized and they don't uh, they don't act like fathers anymore. So. If you're one of those dudes um, who's been feminized and you got little children at home and you're wearing a mask and you're scared, just think about what are your what are your kids going to be like when they're older? What are they going to think about you? Who's going to be their daddy? Is it going to be uh, you know the first female president in in 2040, or is it going to be you? And uh, yeah, think long and hard about that because we we are definitely living in a world where the for a generation or half a generation, people have put non-family members up on pedestals because they can't respect their own families anymore. And uh, that's sad. 
And it puts it, it's a, it makes me happy because <laughs> my father was my father. Definitely pound that freaking like button. And as you see, as everybody knows, I bow to no one. I am, I am not compliant. I am defiant. And I'm the man that you see out there on those videos screaming, saying, you know, Garcetti, you're a snitch. I'm, a, I'm that man because I had a father. God bless him. All right. A blessed memory. Um, uh, so common sense is controversial now. I heard someone say that. Yes, common sense is controversial now. But And I, I, I've also said this on another show. I got to say it again. I just really, it sickens me when people say that this is a war against the virus. No, it's not a war. If you start getting into that mentality, you're going to be more likely uh, to be dependent on the government and to just to, if they say, hey, now it's a real war. We got to go attack China. You'll be like, yeah, well, I, I already went through the virus war. Why not go through it? No. Putting us on the slippery slope toward a real war, I'm not down with that at all. So no, it's not a war. Let's not uh, let, let's not blow things out of proportion. In, in a war, people feel the need to defend the country. Uh, you don't need to get into that fascist mentality because of a uh, because of a virus. All right, please. So uh, I, I'm always suspicious of the people that, that call it a war uh, against. Uh, and, and notice all the all the sociopathic politicians call it a war. Uh, so after all the, after all this, oh, an, another thing, uh, people say is the world is, will never be the same. Now, I, I think the world will be the same for people with common sense. All right. Now there'll be, I, I think people will still want to live in cities. Okay. There's a lot of people say, oh, people aren't going to want to live in cities anymore. No, I, I think I, I still want to live in cities. I still love going to cities. There might be a few people that will be freaked out for a while, but cities are very convenient, okay? Now, there are going to be certain cities after this that have had tyrant leaders like New York where there are going to be some people that are like, I'm not taking this anymore. I'm going to move out. I'll live in another city. So there will be a period of time where some of the more popular cities of the last 10, 20 years, they might lose some people that just don't like uh, their tyrant they can see what can happen in some of these cities that have these compliant mentality. And it's, it's a disgrace that New York city has become a compliant city. It really is. You, you know, you hear about the hard, brave people of New York. What the heck, what the heck's been going on there? Um, I mean, you're, you're snitching and it's, it's now I, the situation there did get scarier because uh, so many old people got sick. And he got into the nursing home so much. And the, the hosp some hospitals were busy, okay? So maybe that's why some people aren't as brave as maybe they should be. But I do, I still think the cities I predicted to be the cities of the 2020s, like Spokane and Boise, they'll, they'll be great. They'll be great. Because I, especially Idaho didn't go too crazy on this, okay? State of Washington did. I don't know specifically what's going on in Spokane and Boise right now. Boise, excuse me. But I see no reason why people would not want to still move there. Um, they're beautiful places. Uh, and uh, Boy Boise is still cheaper than uh, cities in California where the people are moving from. And after all this, uh, depending on how much the cities get bailed out, some cities in California might even be more broke than before. And will force uh, people will just be like, I'm not paying these taxes anymore. And I'm going to I'm going to Boise. But still, people will want to live in cities. Uh, but right afterwards, when this is still fresh in our memories, there'll be certain cities that will be – some smart people will move out. Of. I mean I, I would, if I was living in New York right now, paying all that money to live in New York after all this, I wouldn't want to live there anymore. I'd be like, this is not – this is ridiculous. Everyone's – I'm locked in my house. This, this compliance is – if it's as bad as I hear it is. So, I mean, maybe – like – Los Angeles is, you know, you hear that it has these strict rules, but you're able to do anything. I mean, I would still, I'll still visit LA after this. I'll still be down with LA after this because there's, it's just a bunch of talk now. I mean, you saw at the beach today, they can't enforce this. So, hey, correct me if I'm wrong. I hope I am wrong that people are uh, not super compliant in New York. I do remember there, there were those motorcycle people out there. So, hey, who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe my, uh, I, I'm, I'm misinformed about the New York. But from some of the things that I've seen, oh, God. All right. Now, University of Michigan released its consumer sentiment, sentiment index requirements, index measurements today. 
thanks to the sledgehammer lockdown of the U.S. economy, the index took its biggest one-month plunge ever recorded. When sizing up the health of the economy, it's always important to gauge the public state of confidence. So consumer sentiment in index, which is a confidence measurement of, you know, is the public willing to spend? Uh, they're scared. They're scared. They're scared as they've ever been. And why is this? Because the the national hysteria, the national hysteria. Guys, think for yourselves. I'm not going to scapegoat the media here. You don't have to watch the TV, people. You don't have to watch the TV. Uh, I don't be the things will get back to normal. But if you believe in the hysteria, it's going to take longer for things to get. It, it's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious. It's a vicious circle. So the hysteria has brought down the consumer sentiment, and people not spending will uh, add to the, the hysteria. People afterwards will be like, oh, you see, they were right. Things aren't going to be the same. All these businesses are going out of business. That's why we get back to work as quick as possible. Um, consumer sentiment will go up. People will see uh, people working again. Uh, it, it won't keep on sliding down the slope. The further, I mean, the mood of the country is important. And it's only going to get worse and worse if the majority of people stay locked in and addicted to watching the uh, hysteria TV. All right. Uh, so we talked about the goals that the, the leaders are not, they don't have any goals at all. They're just using emotion and not saying like, Oh, this will end when X, Y, Z happens. We talked about that. Let me just, I'm trying to see if there are any other questions over in the, uh, in the, uh, okay. We, we, we talked about, okay. We had those two questions already. Uh, all right. Someone talking about Biden. All right. Do you believe the stock to flow model of plan B? Nope, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I hope it's true. I hope it's true. Um, but I, uh, I've talked about this before. You should not worship that. Like, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion with it. And uh, I, I, I would love to see it come true. Um, but I don't, I can't say I believe in it. And uh, there's some people that worship it. I mean, that's another extreme. That's another extreme there. I mean, we have a lot of people that just like, this is the Torah of uh, Bitcoin. All right, there is no Torah of Bitcoin. There is no Bible of Bitcoin. Uh, just that you know what's what's built into the system. You know, you get a having every uh, uh, two hundred ten thousand blocks, et cetera, et cetera. And there's only going to ever be twenty one million of them. Uh, that's but but otherwise, ways of predicting prices. There is no Bible of that at all. So I I think I think Plan B is a smart dude, and you can see how people want something positive. They want something positive in Bitcoin. And that's great. So when you can say a big number in Bitcoin, that's clickbait right there. Now, he didn't mean it to be clickbait, but it, it became clickbait. My Lord, did it become clickbait. So I, I'm not a fan of clickbait. I mean, if I'm going to have a choice, I'm going to like, I'm going to choose a million dollar Bitcoin clickbait over everyone's dying of a virus clickbait, obviously. Um, but no, I don't. I don't believe uh, in his uh, in his model, but I I hope it comes true. I think I think that would be great, and I encourage people to come up with models. Okay, uh, it, it seems like to, in this world we have a lot of people that blindly follow models, even when they're proven wrong. Uh, so uh, I'm referring to the virus ones, not not uh, not Bitcoin ones now. Uh, so you know, have high expectations. That's that's what I like about Bitcoin. We got we have a lot of people that are positive that have high expectations. As opposed to the regular world today, where we have all these people with negative uh, expectations. Oh, we're all going to die. Oh, things will never be the same again after this. Oh, I want to have my own 9/11 because I didn't. I don't remember 9/11 because I was a kid. Uh, we're going to get into that in a second. Also, how long I've been on the air? Okay, 49 minutes, 50 minutes. Let's try to end this thing in 10 minutes, dudes. Come on, pound that like button. Let me go to my notes again. Excuse me. Now, the media has said, uh, is starting to say that, well, maybe if you already got it and you have antibodies, that you won't be immune the next time. So they're trying to scare people uh, and trying to keep people locked down for some reason, uh, that you're know, trying to argue against herd immunity. But Carl Denninger pointed out, like, okay, so, so what if immunity wears out? If you only got sniffles the first time, what do you think is going to happen the second time? Good point. Uh, but uh, 
Yeah, so people love to blindly rep repeat. Flatten the curve. Life will never be the same. Flatten the curve. They can't break out of these mindless mantras. I mean, this is, if you get into arguments with people on uh, social media and don't, please don't waste your time doing that. You know, half the time they're going to scream blind. They're just going to scream flatten the curve. We got to flatten the curve. The curve's already flattened. They don't even know what that means. All right. And then they'll just say, well, life will never be the same. Every life matters. We have to shut down the whole economy. So my, uh, what would you do if your grandmother died? I mean, I mean, that's life. <laughs> you take risk every day, people. All right. So uh, you don't, what was that? The, the terminology I was, uh, you know, you, you can't, you can't sacrifice. Why, why should I sacrifice for someone who can control their own destiny? Okay. People have personal responsibility. Let them take care of themselves. Why should I sacrifice and, and just assume, well, other people can't take care of themselves. So I'm going to sacrifice for them. No, they take care of themselves. Life is not about sacrificing for others. You're supposed to live your life to the fullest. And right now the government's like, you can't live your life to the fullest. You must sacrifice for others. Although we can't give you a logical reason why you must sacrifice for others. Because the original goal to sacrifice for others was to flatten the curve. And it's been flattened. And now you still can't live your life to the fullest. You still must be a prisoner in your own house. No, I'm not I'm not sacrificing myself for the government. All right. Uh, so, and I've, we talked about education before uh, above. Freshmen in college... I mean, are, are, are freshmen going to be – these kids that are in 12th grade now, are they going to be ready for college? Maybe. Uh, if you're in 11th grade now, are you learning anything? This is one of the most important times to you know prepare for college. When you're in 11th grade, your second semester of 11th grade is pretty darn important from what I recall. And uh, are these guys learning anything? I mean, should – I mean, it, are, are public – are these kids from public school, are they doing Zoom sessions with their public school? Or does it vary from state to state? Are they actually paying attention? Is this something that we should learn from and say, you know what? Once kids reach 16, maybe some of them shouldn't be in high school anymore because they're not in high school right now. And they're doing fine, right? Maybe they should learn a trade. I have always been against mandatory education uh, for people that are – for any person. But especially, let's start it. You know, you see a lot of 16-year-olds out there. They've got bodies of adults already. Now, are, are there minds of adults? Not exactly, but should people that are fully physical adults be in high schools, like prisons like that? It just, it just doesn't seem, when they have no interest in learning at all, when they would rather learn how to fix a car. I mean, we need people to know how to build things again, physically build things again. So maybe this is a lesson right now. And it's definitely a lesson against government schools. I think the private schools are doing better with this. I know some people that have uh, some young kids in private schools and that they're going to class online every day. I mean, it's not the best. You're paying all that money to go to, again, there comes the issue of where you're paying $30,000 to send your kid to private school. This is not what you paid for. So I, I do wonder if private schools are going to have summer school. Uh, there's plenty of parents that would be willing to send their kids to summer school since they already really paid for it to get their kids ready for college because you I mean you don't there are some things you really need to learn to to be successful in college and if you didn't learn them that second semester of 11th grade are they going to stuff it all in the next semester uh why not have a mini semester now of course when i was a high schooler i would be like vomiting i'd be no i don't want to go to school during the summer no 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 but i, I went to a private school and uh, i i would have had to deal with it i guess so that, that's just something to think about. Like how this is not helping with education at all for the majority of people. Okay. Because the majority of people are used to getting their education from government schools or private schools. And this is just not meshing very well, the current situation. Uh, can things evolve later after we all learn lessons from this? Yes. I think things can evolve uh, to, to have a better combination of online and in-person learning. But, but, but right now, some of these kids, uh, that are in the middle of all this, especially 11th and 12th graders. Uh, I don't know, man. That uh, Some of them are probably feeling a little uh, nervous right now. Uh, yeah, uh, Mark Andreessen has an article uh, called, uh, what is this? Why has, it's time to build by Mark Andreessen. Why has there been stagnation? Uh, and I, you can, it's an article, it's linked to below, but at the end, there's a podcast version and you can play it at 2X. 
So he says, and uh, uh, who's the, the guy behind PayPal? I forgot what his name is. Right, what's his? He's gay. <laughs> um, I'm, so, I'm sorry. That's the only, I, I forgot his name. So that's my only way of this. He's a smart, well, he was, T. Peter Thiel has also been, uh, been uh, saying this, that America or the whole world, they've improved upon a lot of things. But there's been kind of a stagnation. There, there hasn't been like really new, awesome, like earth-shattering technologies produced. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with you just can't go out there and build. You have to ask permission from the government. Or just this a lot of people feel more restricted than they used to in the old days. Um, there were times when you could just build a build a dam. Or, 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 or connect one river to another river and do all sorts of things. I know I just bought, brought up environmental uh, uh, examples, but there's, there are a lot of restrictions out there today. Uh, and, you know, well, you, you can't experiment on this type of cell. You got to ask the government to, to do this type of medical research. And so he says, go out there and just do it. And it might, for some, it might be breaking the law and, and, and perhaps, well, I'm not going to tell anyone to do anything, but it, there have been great innovations in the last 50 years. They have been great, but have they been, they've been improvements upon other innovations. I mean, maybe you can name, I mean, the internet was created, but that was 50 years ago now. Uh, and I, I'm impressed I mean, we, we live in such a technology sophisticated time, but what Peter Thiel and what Andreessen are saying is it could be a lot better. It could be a lot better if we just didn't have these restrictions and people weren't scared of being limited. And I mean, they bring up examples of why planes are basically the same as they were 50 years ago. It might be a little bit more comfortable. Why are planes faster? Why haven't we developed a new type of travel technology? It's, it's a good question. Why aren't, why aren't there flying cars? Why aren't there, why isn't everybody going to the moon and, and, and uh, space travel is much easier? These are, these are interesting questions. So he says, go, go listen to it. Um, but this is something that Peter Thiel has brought up in the past too. And uh, I, I never, maybe I had mentioned it before. I don't know. So they're friends also. So it's not, not surprising. So I like the build mentality. It's an inspirational uh, article and podcast. It goes by real fast. So play to 2X. Stephen Molyneux, who I don't watch that much anymore, but I, I caught one of his shows. He said, be someone who people will miss. I like that. Be someone who people will miss. Pound that like button. And there's a lot of different ways you can interpret that. That's not about being becoming famous. That's, you know, about making a change, being a difference in someone's life. You know, when, if you, and people will miss you. If you, if you helped, if you, if you, made someone more productive. If you were productive for someone, they're going to miss you. So uh, I, I like that line. You can interpret it a lot of different ways. Put a smile on my face. Be someone who people will miss. Uh, next media panic headlines. This is from James Ulicher, the guy with the fro who had the ridiculous crypto uh, ads uh, two years ago. He's a smart guy. At, he, he has obviously done things that I totally disagree with, but I do uh, – I do like this. The next panics to keep the media alive. Headlines like a second wave of the virus about to hit. Real estate crisis like 2008 coming this fall. The world heading into a great depression it can't get out of. We reopen the economy too soon. Millions will die. Those right there, he's absolutely right. Those are predictions that probably uh, are somewhat already coming true. A, the, a second second wave of virus about to hit. That, that one's coming coming true. Obviously they're going to say that, that that's the whole point guys. You know, if, if people go back to work, yes, people are going to get sick because you can't prevent people. You, you should get the second wave over during the summer instead of during the winter fall when other people will be getting the flu and their immune systems will be down. It's just, it's just common sense. People are saying that, but, but I, I will say this. I made a prediction that one of the next media media panic headlines, they will find something, and I hope it's not soon, but there will be another disease out there that will actually affect young people like kids, and they'll just take that – they'll blow that one way out of proportion. 
I mean, usually flus, regular flus do affect young kids. It, this is not a flu. And so it does not, whatever, for whatever reason, does not affect young kids. But maybe there'll be a flu next year and that'll kill some kids, God forbid, and they'll go crazy with it. But that, that, that's, my, that's not James's prediction. That's, that's me. But there were some interesting replies to what he said. Uh, he says, that, some guy said, that sounds about right. Doom is always hiding just around the corner. But just like global warming, never quite seems to arrive. So yet the media loves that. To make you think doom, it's always around the corner. It's always around the corner. You have to be constantly in a state of fear. Constantly in state, because it's always, but you never get there. You never see it. It's always hiding just around the corner. And that really sums up the situation that we're living in right now. Uh, beside the learned helplessness that I talked about. Well, the way you teach learned helplessness is say, Doom is just around the corner. It's just hiding around the corner. So you need, you need us to protect you. Uh, and the guy also went on to say, in our lives, we have seen at least three or four of the end of the world is here moments. We've survived and thrived through all of them. We'll thrive again. And uh, no, that's what uh, James said. Then the, the, the guy replied, I'm a bit older than you. I think I'm pretty sure I have seen at least 10 and they are getting faster Last year, we had the climate emergency, and now we have the virus. I'm sure they will squeeze at least a couple more before January of 2021. This I agree with. They are picking uh, the media, and so and because of social media, because of the time we live in, these end-of-the-world scenarios are coming much more frequently than they used to. We, we had 9-11, and now we're having a new 9-11. I mean, why not have another one next year? I mean, they can come much uh, much faster. So be aware of that, people. You, you gotta, you gotta have conviction, and you cannot get scared. No, that doom is not hiding around the corner, people. Just because they say it is, live your lives. Your life is hiding, is is around the corner. There's a day after today. There's a day after tomorrow. Uh, you and so another thing that's going on are these people worshiping doctors and nurses. And I have met in my day plenty of doctors and nurses didn't know what the heck they were talking about. Just want to make a buck, whatever. Just want to impress their parents by getting a degree. All right. Now, there are a lot that do want to help people. Great. That's awesome. But the media, when we get into these manufactured hysterias, they love to, they want to create little demigods so you, and, and people to put on pedestals so to help control the narrative even more. And so they're, they're like, you got to worship your doctor today. Worship your doctor today. Honk your horn for a doctor today. You know, oh, they could do no wrong. They never gave any bad medical advice about, you know, eating bread and all that stuff. So it, it's not healthy to make, and, and you can say what you want about doctors, but to get everyone into the mentality of worship, worship the latest hero. It just gets people more and more dependent on who the next hero is going to be. People are not, if you put these doctors on pedestals, people after this is all over are going to be more likely to blindly listen to doctors and doctors are often quite wrong and not quite, especially if uh, the health system gets all government run in the future, do you think you're going to get better doctors or worse doctors? You, you tell me. So we're going to get worse doctors and, but we're going to have more and more people that are like, Oh, I remember back in the virus, the, the media told me that the doctors were so smart and I must worship them and they're heroes. Hero worship is never good. It's never good, especially during times of crisis, avoid it and just realize what is going on there. Finally, the, there's a clip of the CEO of, of YouTube and a few a lot of people have sent this to me and I, I think I know why uh, saying how she you know she will remove YouTube will remove uh, virus videos that don't agree with who and that they don't like they will remove videos they straight up say they'll remove things that they don't. and so this is where the big boys play I mean you should have known this but I mean she she's straight she's straight out saying we conform to the status uh, mass media narrative. She, I mean, she straight up says it. We will take down what does not conform, what is defiant. She said something about, you know, if you're promoting vitamin C, you know, basically saying that's like a – to promote vitamin C, there's nothing wrong with promoting vitamin to be a healthy person. Uh, to, to, to say it's a miracle cure that if you're like uh, one second away from dying on a ventilator, it's going to save you, that's ridiculous. But to maintain normal health, to prepare for situations like this, you see, this whole situation, people are learning like, yeah, it was worth it, you know, being healthy all these days. It was worth it not being a smoker, not being a vapor. 
it, it, it's been great to prepare like this. So she she doesn't want anything that goes against the narrative, okay? If, if you say, hey, I don't agree with everything who's saying, but I think you should be healthy, that's that's not good. That's not good. So anyway, it's it's a video clip that's linked to below. I think a lot of you have already seen it, but it is funny to to watch or funny in a sad way. All right. That is it. Thank you. Someone said, now I wasn't, someone thought I was talking about Jeff Bezos at one point, and I was not talking about Jeff Bezos at all. All right. <laughs> so, so I'm not even going to repeat that. Someone said that I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to repeat that. That's, that's ridiculous. Uh, everybody knows, everybody knows that Adam is from Baltimore and that I love, I love black people. I love, I don't, I don't go out of my way to say, oh, I got to have a black friend. I meet people and whoever I meet, I love them for who they are. Okay. And so when I, you know, I've got, I've got plenty of, that's like a typical white man. I got plenty of black friends, but dude, I did not seek any of them out. They are who they are because they're freaking awesome. Out. But someone just tried to bring up black people in a ridiculous way over there. And uh, no, I, I love everybody. I don't care what color you are and stuff. But I don't, and I don't, I don't, I'm not one of those trendies. Like, well, I got to have an Asian friend and a black friend and this friend. I meet people and I like them for who they are. I don't care what you look like. And I think anyone who's my friend uh, can, can, can attest to that. That Adam didn't, Adam didn't pick me because I was a woman or Adam didn't pick me because I was black or Adam didn't pick me because I was gay or whatever. And it's just, that, that's the way it is. So I got, no, I, I uh, being from Baltimore, unlike most of the white people, on, on, that watch this show. I, I actually do know black people. Uh, and hey, there's nothing wrong with not knowing black people, okay? But I mean, there is, I think, something wrong for judging a person just by the color of their skin saying, you know, I'm not going to be friends with that person or I am going to be friends with that person because they look a certain way. That's not, you're not, uh, I'm not friends with all Jewish people. I'm not, I'm not friends with all Jewish people. I'm, I'm not saying, uh, you know, oh, that guy's acting like a complete schmo, but he's Jewish, so he's my friend. No. He's not, no, I, I, I don't do that. I don't, I don't, you know, you judge a person by who they are. If they're a, a nasty person, then they're not your person. They're not your buddy. But if, if they're a good person, you're going to, you're going to be their friend. I mean, if you're a good person. All right. That, that is it. We had a little, uh, what's, what's up Baltimore? What's up freaking Baltimore? I'll see you later. Pound that like button. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister. This is Rob Meister. Remember to subscribe to the channel, like this video, share this video, check out the links below. Pound that like button and bang that bell button. Good night, everyone.